Good people and inhabitants of planet Earth, both foreign and domestic. Welcome to the Dura Human Paradox. I'm your host, Aries Riddick, and I would like to thank you for joining me in what is nominally the next stage of evolution for humankind. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. For those of you joining us once again, thank you. But to all of you, I am grateful for the paradigm that is your time of which you can spend, but you don't know if you can get it back. I mean, as far as we are aware, uh, it's relative. So uh, I, there is something to say about spending something that you you don't know what the return of investment is going to be here. So I'll do my best to make sure that your investment is well invested. As for our goal for the Dura Human Paradox, as always, it is to discuss some ethical and paradoxical health theories currently in circulation to the best of our knowledge to, in essence, create a better quality of life. And how we do that is we look at all these principles uh, that we that are in existence right now. And despite someone's uh, variation in belief, their variation in faith, their variation in experience, um, there is always a common denominator. And there has been a single common denominator for thousands and thousands of years. And that is the human. And because the human is the common denominator to all that, in theory, the better that we understand what it is to be a human, we can better understand uh, not only where we are, not only where we've been, but where we our trajectory. I love that word, our trajectory for the future and what that may look like. I mean, only time will tell. But if we can begin to put to, to piece together, you know, the intricacies of human cognition and the intricacies of human physicality to marry this idea of the human machine, we can then begin to not only make our quality of life better, but for every subsequent generation, because though we may not have directly identified it, this is what's been done for us plenty of times before. And this is this is what's happening right now. And through all the confusion, through all the mayhem, we can look at the simplicity of the human and begin to understand the foundation of what's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And, um, you know, that's that's something beautiful. So as we get started, as we usually do on this day in history, uh, July 21st, 2011, National <laughs> Jeez, you know, I can't speak too well. OK, <laughs> just bear with me. All right. NASA's final space shuttle mission comes to an end. All right. I don't like the word end, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. So on July 21st, 2011, NASA's space shuttle program completes its final and 135th mission when the shuttle Atlantis lands at Kennedy Space Center in Florida. During the program's 30-year history, its five orbiters, Columbia, Challenger, Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavor, carried more than 350 people into space and flew more than 500 million miles in shuttle crews, conducted important research, serviced the Hubble telescope, and helped in construction of the International Space Station, among other activities. NASA retired the shuttles to focus on a deep space exploration program that could one day send astronauts to asteroids and Mars. Now, courtesy of history uh, for that little definition there, but this is 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 fascinating for many reasons. Um, first and foremost, it it gives us an idea of how fast this generation has progressed in its in its uh, quest to explore and better understand the vastness that you know that that is space and there are both uh, psychological and cognitive thought patterns that we 
need to understand in order to to really put this into perspective. Now, though we won't get into many of those today, what we have to understand is that this is huge. And what we are doing, and I say we as like the big H humankind, um, specifically NASA and, and those who are much smarter than I, much more invested into, into space exploration, uh, is making it possible for long-term stable infrastructure in space. And why that is is so significant is as far as we are concerned, right? All of us that have the ability to listen to this right now are concerned. We have not had this ability before. And this ability and the technology that supports it has only has only uh, been established within the past 40, 50 years. OK, so um, just in 1969, July of 1969, uh, the first the first American astronaut, Commander Neil Armstrong, uh, takes takes the the giant leap for mankind on the moon. So, I mean, that's 54 years ago. So, if we can really put that into perspective, I mean, it gives you kind of an idea. Half a century, uh, we've made significant progress versus 500 years. I mean, just just not in theory, but in in real life practice. So that's definitely something to speak on. But if it, I, what, what I will do before we get too into it, because I'm getting obviously pretty excited, what I what I will what I will propose is say that we do establish a an ability to quickly travel, you know, in and out of Earth's atmosphere and that long term infrastructure and long term stable infrastructure is is on the horizon, say, within the next couple of decades. What does that mean for the current state of humankind? What is our role for those that are investing trillions into this this ability to, you know, this, okay, let's put, I'll put it to you like this. Interplanetary habitation, if that be on Mars or on an asteroid, like this definition states, or on the moon, wherever that may be, right, outside of Earth's atmosphere, if that is possible, what is our role right now as as humankind, as humans, to do in order to support that? And from a personal perspective, it, it it loops back to what I first mentioned in the beginning of this episode, and that's to truly understand the makeup of the human machine. And the reason why that is, is because whatever biome that we find ourselves in, there will always be that common denominator to truly understand, harness and optimize the complexities of the human machine. Now, that optimization of complexities in itself is a paradoxical theory. And I will come to explain why that is over time. But trust me when I say that it is much more simple than it sounds or may appear right now. And it is my role to be able to to under, to, to be able to explain that for you all. And um, moving forward, performance enhancement and human optimization in, in, in the simplest way possible is going to be our goal. But we have to begin to understand what that means and what components lead in into that. But despite the topics that we have talked about over the past couple months, um, one that has been mentioned quite frequently is that of consistency. And I mentioned the the quote by Jeremy Bentham uh, uh, a couple episodes ago. I'm not sure how many episodes ago. And, it, and it's that the rarest of all human qualities is consistency. 
And he was a, a, an English philosopher who was influenced by people like John Locke and, and, and Thomas Hobbes. And if you don't know those names right off the top of your head, I definitely suggest looking into them and more specifically reading the book uh, Leviathan. Um, but why this is significant, especially for us right now, and as far as human performance is concerned, and even the thought of like where we're going in, in, into the future, is that we commonly identify that there are various components of the different human machines that may uh, promote or inhibit certain aspects of human performance. And in order to understand what that truly is for every single individual to fulfill their role in understanding and elucidating those complexities, it requires consistency. And where consistency works in our favor is it gives us the ability to, to uh, tease out what variables are, are, are working in our favor and what variables are working against us. And, you know, that, that, that's really, that's key information for, for us as a big H, big humankind, and for little H, for, for every, every individual human. And those that came before us, whether that be, you know, uh, scientific researchers, uh, theorists, philosophers, uh, astrophysicists, uh, astronomers, whoever it may be that studied into well into their craft, understand that having that having an answer is not always going to be plausible. But what gets you closer to having an answer is saying what doesn't work. And that leads us into this ideal of, tri of trial and error. And consistency is one of the key fuel components for trial and error, because having no answer is arguably like having an answer. You know, if something doesn't work, okay, you now took eight variables down to seven. And you know, to do the same thing, you take six, seven variables down to six and six down to four, four down to three. And it may take more time to get to that three from three to two than it was from that eight to seven, but it still teases out some of the, the, the non-players for what kind of question that you're trying to answer. And what we have to understand moving forward is the more consistent uh, the, the practice is into the human machine, the more maintenance that will be required. So like all great machines, the more it uses, the, the, the more you use it. <laughs> Again, I, I can't speak today. The more you use it, uh, the more possibility things will break, the more wear and tear, the more you will realize where some things need to be lubricated, where other things need to be fixed, where some things break faster than others, and so on and so forth. And that's a great thing because, again, it teases out some variables and it gives us some pathways to move forward. OK, like if this happens over a month period, what can we do so that it takes now two months or it takes now three months? You know, what what is what is the trip of travel going to be from point A to point B? And if it is a month, how can we make this component last twice as long? And I understand that right now that may seem a bit vague, but out of everything that we've spoken about today, out of all the concepts that we will discuss moving forward, keep in mind that consistency is the rarest of human qualities, but it is by far the most effective. And as we move through this journey, consistency in its purest form is going to require maintenance. Like the greatest machines, we start by understanding the intricate details by elucidating the complexities and then taking the simplest equation and putting the pieces together. But until next time, when we discuss more, stay durable, my friends.